Thank you, everyone. Thank you so much for coming today. It's delightful to see you here on this beautiful, beautiful sunny Sunday. Uh, we, as you know, we had a bit of a, a switch. Lenore's not here today. And uh, I want to thank Dr. Packer so much for uh, filling the breach. What we decided uh, was that we're going to do a bit of a more participatory session today, which I think is good to mix things up. And it's also good to revisit. step forward so I don't walk in front of you. Oh, I thought you were going to walk behind me. <laughs> Reminds me of my days of square dancing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so we, we, those of you that know Learners Exchange know that exchange is really an important component of. Uh, it's not the stage on the stage, sage. It's not a sage on a stage, but it's an opportunity for members of the congregation to share and for us to discuss and ask questions ourselves. So in that vein, we will um, start with a, a short introduction by Dr. Packer on pilgrimage and then I, school, school mom Alexandra, have a, some tasks for you. We'll break into groups and do some discussion about pilgrimage and uh, talk amongst ourselves in small groups and uh, in, in large groups. So look around you and see who you who you want to be in your group. <laughs> this is when I get my students to mill around so they can conveniently buy, be by the people they want to be in group with. And, and then uh, Dr. Packer will uh, will close uh, close the session. So I would just like you to uh, thank Dr. Packer for being here and for stepping into the breach on very short notice. Thank you, Alexander, and uh, thank you for your welcome. Uh, as Alexandra said, the notice was very short, and um, the presentation is going to be very short also. <laughs> as, uh, well, you will agree with me that these things happen, and that I, I surely it's a Christian virtue to be flexible and willing to fit in um, when gaps suddenly open up in front of you and in front of other people also. That, to my mind, is actually a major Christian virtue. And um, when I'm asked if I'll model it myself, well, I can hardly say no. <laughs> but now, uh, let's get down to what, uh, what I've committed myself to do. The word pilgrimage, it's a noun, of course, and um, it has in it the further noun, pilgrim, and if one asks who and what are pilgrims, well, the answer is that from the second century onwards, those who could used to visit sacred sites, as they would be called. That is, places where... Um, events of Christian significance took place. The events 
can be of many different kinds. But the point is that these places were thought of as holy in a special way, sanctified, you see, by some act of special virtue on the part of some Christian, some uh, Christian serving God. And then <clears throat> the thought went on, these things ought to be remembered. So uh, next step in the thinking, people who can should visit the sites and celebrate what was done there. And then, that wasn't the end of the thinking. By the Middle Ages, it had reached the point where the conclusion, undisputed really in Christendom in the Middle Ages, was that to visit a sacred site where something of spiritual note had happened was uh, honoring to God, was therefore meritorious to the person who did it. That actually was going over a sort of watershed. Um, in the earlier days, uh, the thought of merit didn't count for very much in this business, but in the Middle Ages it became a big deal. And those who were able to invest plenty money in uh, long journeys to sacred sites, or, um, well, and, or, or, or and, um, special celebrations at the site, once they got there, celebrations, that is, really, of their own arrival. Their own arrival, I mean, to celebrate whatever the sacred action in question was. Um, <clears throat> and it became, um, one is sorry to have to say, but it's true, it became a kind of industry, the pilgrimage industry. And uh, clergy generally believed that the, the, the pilgrimage industry was uh, honored by God, was to be encouraged, therefore, um, in the parish, the local congregation, whatever. And uh, members of congregations who ar arranged pilgrimages for themselves were celebrated as uh, top quality Christians. Well, at the Reformation, all of that was swept away. The words pilgrim and pilgrimage didn't drop out of use. Um, proof of that is that when John Bunyan had a dream 
a dream which pictured the Christian life as a journey full of ups and downs, challenges, and uh, tests of one kind or another. Um, he called it, nobody encouraged him to do it, he thought of, his, thought of this himself, he called it the Pilgrim's Progress. He felt the power of alliteration, you see, in his day, late 17th century, just as uh, I think that if we are human, and I believe that most of us are, uh, we also would feel, do feel, the power of alliteration in headings and um, we appreciate it and we sometimes indulge in it ourselves. Yes, the pilgrim's progress from this world to the next. That was Bunyan's title and part one of the pilgrim's progress which um, was followed a few years later by part two. Inevitably part two couldn't rival part one for sales and, uh, uh, how can I say it, influence in the Christian community. Uh, as you know, the first part, was, uh, Christian, where Christian makes the pilgrimage to glory, um, that was a tremendous hit from the moment it was published and uh, it has never been out of print since. You can buy copies every now and then of part one without part two. But uh, of course, if you, can't, if you can't get hold of part one, you can't start. Well, <clears throat> So that's the situation we've got by the end of the 16th century, and it, it remains with us. What are we being told? Not that there is any such thing as merit. Certainly not that there is any such thing as merit for going to a place where, in the past, some Christian did or suffered something worth remembering. But uh, the, the, the thought of pilgrimage and of the Christian as a pilgrim, that has become part of the, of the English language. Uh, there, there was a certain amount of it prior to the Pilgrim's Progress, which was published at a date in the 1670s, can't remember which, which year it was, but uh, uh, the, as I say, the, the idea had been, shall, shall I say, um, exorcised for evangelical Protestants, or if you like to call them by the name by which they were called in their own day, Puritans, um, <coughs> the, the, uh, they, you, uh, um, how do I say it, they, they, uh, 
they used the word pilgrim, they used it um, in this sense that I've walked around, really, uh, of making a special effort to travel somewhere where something of spiritual significance happened and to celebrate it in some way when you got there. Well, that usage, I think you will agree, is still part of the language, and we sometimes talk that language, that language, and sometimes we talk it in quite a secular way. I, I mean that um, we'll use the image of a pilgrimage or um, uh, a celebrate a, a pilgrim celebrating something for um, a secular achievement, which is then celebrated by someone who thinks that it has value. In the Middle Ages, there was a pilgrimage industry because um, the church had committed itself to the idea that visits to these uh, sacred sites were meritorious and uh, that Christian life was largely a matter of piling up merit in one way or another so that you would have a good seat in glory. Well, we don't have to stop and brood on that. Uh, as I said a moment ago, I think it was all that, all that was swept away at the Reformation. But um, the idea of a pilgrimage as um, marking out the pilgrim as a person not simply of, um, how can I say it, of, and not, not simply a person of holy purpose, but of uh, major and demanding purpose, that, <clears throat> that idea still sticks around in the language and every now and then a person who's uh, deeply, heavily committed to some cause or other will be spoken of as a pilgrim uh, in quest of a state of affairs which um, he or she is laboring to bring about. Well, now, <clears throat> that's all that I have to give you in the way of information. Um, the questions, I think, that it's good for us to ask ourselves are all variations on the same theme, namely, is it spiritually enriching in any way at all to think and talk about uh, pilgrimage and to define particular journeys, uh, visit, uh, visits to particular places as pilgrimages we are all of us evangelical Protestants, so we certainly, I assume, don't think in terms of merit, but uh, is it 
and the enrichment of our Christian life. To think in terms of, well, there are times when special efforts for the glory of God are called for. This is one of them. And by that route, see, that path, if you like, um, people do slip into the idea that they're, they're being pilgrims in relation to something or other. And it will do us good, I think, to reflect on whether there's anything substantially spiritual, if I can use that phrase, um, in, <clears throat> in the situation in which a person does that. And having said that much, um, I am going to subside and Alexandra is going to divide us into groups and give us questions to work with and then I shall come back right at the end to say how I think we've got on. <laughs> Alexandra, please come and uh, take over. If this were lunch, I think this would be called a working lunch, so you, you, it's now time for you guys to work. Um, you folks? We work as a whole group instead of... No, that's not going to happen, but thank you. Um, we will have the opportunity... As an instructor, it's really important for me to get as many people to have voices as possible. So the format that Dr. Packer and I have talked about uh, is to divide you into small groups, have you discuss one question, I'll assign one question at a time, and then I would like to have three groups report back on that question, so you could give us a consensus from your group, or individuals from your group could give comment, and then we would go on to the next question, and then three different groups would give feedback. What we found in the past, if we do large group discussions, some of us are more uh, vocal, uh, speak up in front of groups more easily. This is an opportunity to get people who might not be uh, so comfortable. And it also gives us a, a bit of an opportunity maybe to reflect on something personal that we don't want to discuss with the whole group, but we can ask questions about in, in the small group, because I'm envisioning. So we will, in a way, the answer is yes. We will go to large group several times, uh, and we'll go to large group at the end, but I would like you to, to, to make a more intimate small group of no more than five people, so that you can all, everyone, and whoever I will ask, I won't go into my lecture on groups, which I do at first year, my first year students, but I would ask that one person in the group ensure that everybody have an opportunity to speak and encourage participation from everybody in your group. All right? Oh, we've got a volunteer group right here. <clears throat> and you said some people are more <laughs> <laughs> uh, Number one, commitment. Uh, two, spiritual, and someone added prayer. Okay. Uh, perseverance, purpose, uh, someone said historical research, I guess depending on the kind of pilgrimage, uh, presumed to be beneficial, uh, possibly miracle healing, oh, wow. for, uh, plus you need time and money. Time and money, true, true. Excellent, okay. Uh, yes, please. We've got the pilgrim. That's important. Yeah. Spiritual, spiritual emphasis away from home, visiting a place of spiritual significance, often that involves travel, the reason for going, and preparation. 
Yeah, see, it's very interesting, the slightly different observations. And finally, this group. We, we, we could only, uh, we focused on one thing, in, uh, uh, intention, uh, of working for clarity there. And someone said, someone shared the idea, uh, an idea that Eugene Peterson has put out there saying, if you remember a church school teacher in your later years who had a, an impact on your life, it would be an example of pilgrimage to go and visit them, take them out for lunch or coffee, and tell them the impact they, that this person had on your life. That would be a pilgrimage, a modern, a doable modern pilgrimage. So that, again, the highlighting our only, we only came up with one idea in three or four minutes. We're, we're just getting up to speed here. No, 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 but intention and clarity of intention. Why am I doing this? It was our big thought. Very interesting. Very helpful. I would encourage you, you know, as these these thoughts come up, um, you've all got a paper, take notes if you want to reflect on it. There won't there will be a test. No. There won't be a test, but it's really interesting that um, and especially as, as we get to question number five, if you choose to incorporate pilgrimage in your life at some point. So moving on to question number two, and you've got another three minutes. All right, thank you. Thank you. I just want to say it's just so encouraging to hear so many voices talking and discussing and sharing and exchanging. Well, I, I'm, in, I'm really encouraged. I'm inspired. Um, so uh, maybe some different groups this time that might be willing to share something on their discussion. Two or three groups. Any? I'm not giving you the feature. Eye. Thank you. Um, I grew up five miles from a pilgrimage site, Saint Marie among the Hurons. It's where the Jesuit martyrs were martyred, and. Um, we used to go once in a while to church on Sunday there. And it, it was a very special place, very spiritual. And at the front, near the altar on both sides, there was, uh, behind the, the fencing, there were all the canes and crutches of people who had been there and were healed and left. And they left their stuff behind in the church. So. There was a lot of reflection in my mind when I was ever there, and, and I, I really realized the specialness of that spot. Mm. And Italian pilgrims would come by the busload, so we usually have anywhere from three to five bus full of Italians coming on a Sunday to to the pilgrimage there, and it was it was constant all summer long. Where was this again? It's in Midland, Ontario. Oh, the Italians come there for this Relics and everything. Fascinating. Fascinating. Anyone else? 
although we just thought that that as a component that it was was going somewhere, getting in a bus and going somewhere. Mm. But you're allowed to change your mind through the questions. And, All right. <laughs> that, that's the whole idea of reflecting on things. But even for me, that's really helpful. I think I tend to blur pilgrimage and retreat. And maybe are they are they different? Can they be the same? Interesting. That's true. All right. And the fourth question: Bible references. This is where you get to test your Bible knowledge. Thank you. I want to thank you for doing a marvelous job of plowing through a lot of information in a, in a limited time. Um, so how did you do? Biblical references. Anybody come up with any? Here? Yes. Um, first of all, the Old Testament pilgrimages. Now, there's three traveling vacations a year, depending on your location, for Passover, uh, Pentecost, Feast of Tabernacles, uh, men and boys compulsory, women and optional, you know, depending on their condition and so on. Uh, you know, just the overall uh, prescription for time off, the sabbatical, the extra holiday every month. And so on. Interesting. And uh, New Testament, of course, just all it, it was mentioned was made retreats like Christ retreating for spiritual renewal. And of course, just all the traveling that Paul and other apostles did, their basic human need. <laughs> Interesting. Thank you. Thank you. Anyway, what another group? Well, very good. I think of the Psalms of Ascent. The Psalms of Ascent. So, you know, you would like to speak to them. Interesting. And the 40 years in the desert? Yeah. I mean, the Israelites, it was an enforced march. An enforced pilgrimage. Which raises another question. Can a pilgrimage be mandated? Yes. Any other biblical references you came up with? Ecclesiastes, spiritually grasping Ecclesiastes chapter 3, there is a time for confining your time slots and when you're in the mood to maybe be still like Jesus. Ah. You need it. It's just as important as work. You need to have a balance. How about um, we have the suggestion of Abraham uh, uh, setting out? Right. Uh, he didn't know where actually. So pilgrimage with an unknown end. Mm -hmm. um. And we're strangers and pilgrims here in the Hebrews. Yes. Yes, yes. All right. I did possibly Mary going to visit Elizabeth. I'm so impressed by the people that I associate with. You're brilliant. You're brilliant. Alrighty, all right. Are you willing to take on the last and final question? Would you consider incorporating pilgrimage in your life, and if so, how? You've got another four minutes. All right. Fifth and final question. So I just was talking to Dr. Packer, and I have to say this is the I think this is the first learners exchange I've been to where every person was the speaker. So who would like to go first? 
Observations about pilgrimage and how we might incorporate it in our daily lives. I'll be mentioning the first question that um, pilgrim, modern day pilgrimage would be taking somebody out to coffee or lunch. Who's <laughs> for so um, this happened. This wasn't this wasn't St John's. It was a church we went to prior to that. But when we first went to the church, we were welcomed in such a way and, were, and had lunch afterwards. And, um, and the welcoming was just so amazing that instead of going for one Sunday, we went for many years. And, um, and I just said to our group that my pilgrimage would be to take this person out to lunch and tell him, the effect he's had on my uh, life and how it's helped my Christian journey for um, for a number of years. Thank you so much. Just the one word, uh, the word incorporating, I would probably want to use the word recognizing rather than incorporating and we're starting to recognize in in our lives um, because Otherwise, uh, it's like the lottery. <laughs> Probably won't happen. You know, you know, if I, you know, the Holy Land. I'm not so sure I'll ever make it there. But um, you know, I, if the same thing is, you know, investing in in something which is not probably going to happen, like winning the lottery. So recognizing rather than you know, incorporating. Yeah, and maybe recognizing what we can do. I mean, even even I'd never thought of the definition of actually taking someone for coffee as a pilgrimage or doing a service as a pilgrimage. You're, you're right, it's recognizing those other opportunities as well. That, yeah. That's a personal touch, taking the time to talk to somebody. That's really nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And coming back to that in- intention, you know, having the intention. Yes. Well, I'm going on a pilgrimage. Next <laughs> oh, week. Well, How timely. I'm leaving Monday, yeah. but I'm spending a week in Scotland with relatives, and then I'm going to walk and buy, partly walk, partly bike, the Camino de Santiago. Oh, oh, we're going to do about 900 kilometers because we're going right to the ocean, to Muchin. And I'm going with my daughter. I'm getting teary thinking because it's such a special journey to be going with this beautiful, wonderful young daughter. And, um, and, and I really want this time to be part of going closer to God. Mm-hmm. So, it's a very special time. And I think that is
Tolkien and C.S. Lewis met. Huh? So you could even Many of us, yes. And if it motivates you to agree. I think this is a bit of a confession. Oh, good. Um, <laughs> at, at my men's Bible study on, uh, on Friday night, um, they're going to have a movie night on, on Saturday, probably in July. And I said, I can't make it because Saturdays is, you know, film, movies are your thing, but for me it's music, and I like to keep that uh, evening separate for a musical event. Well, two weeks ago, I wasn't at the Oxford Pub, but I was at uh, the Wolf and Hound. Uh, the music was excellent. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, I was going to say for a pilgrimage, I live at 12th and Vine, and I don't have to go very far, but I can walk straight up um, um, 12th Avenue and end up at uh, Regent Bookstore. Mm -hmm. And I did that yesterday. And uh, <laughs> I didn't even have to step in the door on, on one of the outside tables. Um, uh, the biography of, by, of, of Eric Liddell was 50% off. Bill, did you This advertisement was not paid for. <laughs> <laughs> Can I tell you my site? Oh, yes, exactly. <laughs> Any last comment? Well, I just wanted to, uh, we were talking about, um, again, this is not necessarily pilgrimage sites, but places where you can go on retreat in the Lower Mainland, um, where you don't have to go far. And I've just become aware that uh, Arosha is a place where you can go. Um, and it's not as expensive. Going out to the Abbey, uh, you have to, if you're a woman, you need to have another woman with you. Um, uh, you can go to Rivendell, which is very beautiful, but you have to take food with you. Um, and um, where else? Um, the Augustine, or fires, one out in Ladner. Oh, it's hard to get to that one. Uh, I don't know, but anyway, there are so there are a couple of local places um, that aren't too far. If you feel um, that going away um, would be helpful, um, which for some of us is uh, uh, if if you're distractible like me, is a is a need of Thank you. Thank you for that. All right, and as we're, we're wrapping up, I, I know that they're just on the prayers. Uh, well, I will pass it over for some final remarks. Uh, I just want to thank you all for your contributions. I know that uh, when I spoke to Dr. Packer, I was thinking of canceling today's session, and he encouraged us to do the discussion, and I just think I want to thank you so much. I think you've just been amazing. Thank you. We all really Well, I don't think there's much I can say. Uh, what I'd like to do in my last sentence or two is to catch the spirit of enterprise 
which I think has been stirred up in quite a number of hearts um, by this discussion today. Uh, and when I say enterprise, I mean an activity or project in which you've never committed yourself before. And you see it as making for the glory of God through your life in a new way. I don't think one can be more specific than that, but I think if one is less specific, one is falling short of the enterprising spirit of the saints in the Bible who from time to time in different ways are followed, tracked, shall I, shall I say, as they commit themselves to various forms of good work in which they had never engaged before. So I think the good question to take away from this discussion <coughs> is uh, what new enterprising venture for God shall I attempt before the year is out? And then when we get to January, the question will be what new enterprising activity for God shall I attempt before the end of June and then July 1st in other words have uh, think in terms of six month units in your life each one containing uh, an activity which in one way or another is new to you enterprising to you and for the glory of God in some one way or another. You aren't attempting to score merit points. You are attempting to see the possibilities of life as God has laid it out all around you. And one thing which you are afraid of is vanishing into a rut of your own devising. At the bottom of a rut, I am sure, it, life, life can be very steady, but at the bottom of a rut, life cannot be very enterprising. <laughs> well, I, <laughs> those of, some of us, I think, would um, almost instinctively have said, well, enter being enterprising is a big deal in the Christian life. Be as big in enterprise as your physical condition allows. And... Um, I would like to think that one, of th one result <coughs> of this discussion 
is that we shall all be a bit more enterprising in living for God than we have been this last, shall I say, this last 12 months. Well, that's Packer casting his bread on the waters. Whether this is a good word for you, only God knows. I don't. But I think it likely that under God, it will be a word which um, many, perhaps, perhaps all of us, ought to take seriously. Uh, enterprise is, and should, ever should be, a big deal in the Christian life. Okay, well, I've stuck my neck out a little in saying that, but uh, there it is. That's, that is the honest mind of Packer, and um, if you don't think that it's uh, wisdom, well, he isn't too sure of it himself. <laughs> On that note, I just want to thank Dr. Packer again. I didn't know he was coming with homework, but I want to thank him for, uh, for his words of wisdom and help.